Hello, my name is Eugene McCarty, and this is the third episode of my podcast, The Best of the Best. In today's episode, we'll be going over the fastest vehicles. I'm dividing the fastest vehicles category into three subgroups, land, water, and air. So first, we'll be taking a look at the land speed record, which is uh, cars, and we'll be only looking at cars, not trains or any other type of land vehicle. So the organization that moderates the land speed record is a French organization called the Fédération Internationale de l'Automobile, or the FIA. The land speed record is standardized as the average speed over a course of fixed length, and that average speed is averaged over two runs, or passes. Those two runs are required to be in opposite directions within one hour. In order for a new record to exceed the previous one, it has to be at least 1% faster than the previous record to be validated. These are all rules put in place by the FIA. The first recognized land speed record was in Acheray, France by a Frenchman driving an electric car at 39.24 miles per hour. So this land speed record stayed in France by mostly European drivers until uh, July 17, 1903, where Arthur Duray drove a car at 83.46 miles per hour in Ostend, Belgium. So this was the fourth world record that had been broken by an internal combustion engine in a car. Previously, they had been either electric or steam, mostly electric. In the early 1900s, internal combustion engines dominated the world record game. They're mostly set in France, Belgium, and the United States. Uh, in January 26, 1906, another steam-powered car, the Stanley Rocket, drove at uh, an average of 127.66 miles per hour in Daytona Beach, the United States, to become the new world record. After this, the United Kingdom became very involved in this competition, you could say. They uh, were engaged in competition with France and the United States, and the title of fastest land vehicle in the world was a coveted position to hold, which is why all the countries wanted it. So they dominated the game for around 20 years with a slight interruption in the middle by French drivers until March 29th, 1927, where once again in Daytona Beach, Florida, the world record was broken at 203.79 miles per hour by an, actually an English driver, Henry Seagrave. So the U.S. had the world record for many, many years, and often the drivers were British. They had excellent racing areas like Daytona Beach, uh, right next to the ocean, flat, sandy, but still compact and easy to drive on. Uh, area, and also the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah, where it's basically a huge expanse of salt left behind by an ancient lake that you can just drive extremely fast on. It's 
very, very flat. So these internal combustion engines, not steam, not electric, not, not electricity, they held the record until 1963. So 1963, the turbojet or jet and rocket propulsion uh, became the best way to break the land record. On August 5th of 1963, Craig Breedlove, an American, used the Spirit of America, a turbocharged vehicle. kind of looks like an airplane. It doesn't resemble at all what you would think a car would look like. He used that vehicle at the Bonneville Salt Flats and reached a speed of 407.447 miles per hour. Initially, this record was considered unofficial because the Spirit of America had only three wheels, but the organization, the FIA, they verified this record. So throughout 1964, there are five more records set, all at the Bonneville Salt Flats between Art Arfins and Craig Breedlove, and also a man named Tom Green. They all used the turbojet engines, and at the end of 1964, they were reaching speeds of 536.710 miles per hour. That record was set by Art Arfins and was not broken until around a year later on November 2nd, 1965 by Craig Breedlove, once again at the Bonneville Salt Flats. This was a new and improved Spirit of America car, and he reached a speed of 555.485 miles per hour, which is insane. So that was a Again, broken by Art Arfins, and then Craig Breedlove broke that again. This all happened within a span of two weeks. On November 2nd, Craig Breedlove broke the record. On November 7th, Art Arfins broke Craig Breedlove's record from five days before, and a week later, Craig Breedlove broke Mr. Arfins's record. He reached a speed of 594 miles per hour. In 1970, on October 23rd, a man named Gary Gabelich used the Blue Flame, which was a rocket-powered vehicle. The stuff that those turbines that power the rockets that go into space, he used that to reach a speed of 630.478 miles. That was, once again, at the Bonneville Salt Flats, but the next three records after that would all be at the Black Rock Desert. That desert is in Nevada, and Richard Noble broke the world record on October 4, 1983, using the Thrust 2, another turbojet-powered car with an extra engine from a Rolls-Royce Avon car. He reached a speed of 633.47, and then Andy Green broke the world record and then broke his own world record after that. And the final record that still stands today is at 763.035 miles per hour. That was all at the Black Rock Desert, and the last world record was the first to break the speed of sound by a land vehicle. So, that's the land speed record and the history behind it. Now we'll be taking a look at the water speed record. This water speed record is using speedboats and crazy propellers and jet engines to break the sound barrier and go at these insane speeds. It's also a very hazardous competition and many drivers have died trying to break the record.
We'll start in the 1900s. Um, in 1911, a boat designed by a man named Clinton Crane became the first gasoline-powered vessel to break this water speed record. Uh, there are a lot of other records, but they were kind of insignificant. They weren't really that noticeable or yeah they weren't that noticeable so I'll be skipping over them and in the 1930s the water speed record became a point of national honor between Britain and the USA much like the land speed record so both sides created these highly technical boats a man named Sir Henry Seagrave piloted a boat called the Miss England 2 and it was powered by two Rolls-Royce aircraft engines which is a crazy amount of power inside of a single vessel it seemed capable of beating the record set by a man named Gar Wood and the speed was 93.12 miles per hour however Seagrave when he was trying to break the world record he crashed and unfortunately died in the process him and his co-pilot. However, even though Seagrave died, his run did break the world record at 98.8 miles per hour average speed on a lake in Britain called Windermere. It's the largest natural lake in England. So after this unfortunate accident, the boat was salvaged and repaired and a man named Kay Don was chosen as the new driver. Mr. Wood, the American, recaptured the record for the U.S. 102.16 miles per hour. A month later, K. Don got the record back, you know, driving at 110.2 miles per hour. However, in February of 1932, Wood came back and nudged it even higher to 111.709. As you can see, there's kind of a scrappy battle between these two nations. The British built a new boat with a few design changes that made it faster, and it broke the record in Scotland on July 18, 1932. It drove at 119.810 miles per hour. Mr. Wood had been using the same boat for this entire time called the Miss America and he built a new one called the Miss America X and it was powered by four supercharged Packard aeroplane engines four of them four airplane engines on September 20th 1932 he took it and he broke the 200 kilometers per hour barrier uh, reaching around 124.860 miles per hour K. Don, the British pilot, declined to attempt any further records, and the battle was over. So, after this little scrappy bit, people came back and redesigned the boats to reach even higher speeds. In June 1937, a man named Malcolm Campbell created a new boat, and he piloted it to a new record of, of 126.33 miles per hour. His boat was much more compact compared to the Miss America X and it only had one engine but it still beat the record. This man Campbell was 
unsatisfied by the small increase in speed. So he created a new boat, and it was a different structure. It was a three-pointer hydroplane. It didn't have just one keel. It had a concave base, and so when it increases in speed, a lot of the hull lifts out of the water, which reduces drag. But it's very dangerous because if it's knocked around or nudged at very high speeds, it'll flip over and crash and somersault into the water. However, it was a success. In 1939, he took it to Coniston Water in England and increased his record to 141.74 miles per hour. No records were broken during World War II, but in 1945, at the end of World War II, people started putting jet engines in boats to break the record, including Malcolm Campbell, the man who already held the world record. However, it was not successful, the experiment, and Mr. Malcolm Campbell retired from these record attempts out of concerns for his safety. So, five years later, on June 26, 1950, a Seattle Chrysler dealer named Stanley Sayers was able to run 160 miles per hour with his boat, the Slow Motion 5. It was powered by an Allison V1710 aircraft engine and it was extremely effective. He also increased his record to 178.49 miles per hour uh, two years later. So this American success persuaded Malcolm Campbell's son, Donald Campbell, to attempt to get the world record. The boat, however, that his father used to get the world record was old. It was 12 years old but had a 20-year-old engine, and Campbell couldn't reach the level of the slow motion. So he took some time off, and during that time, an Englishman named John Cobb reversed the design of the three-pointer of the Campbell boat. He tried to beat the world record on Loch Ness, but he died after his boat fell apart in the water. A few years later, uh, another man died while using a similar boat. Donald Campbell, who tried to break the record after that man, redesigned the boat. So he used a new jet-powered hydroplane. He took some lessons that he learned from John Cobb's ill-starred crusader, and he designed the Bluebird K7 as a classic three-pointer. She had very rigid metal and she was very sturdy. Campbell and his boat went to break the record seven times over nine years in the U.S. and England. His final record was set at 276.33 miles per hour in Australia, and so Donald Campbell became the most prolific water speed record breaker of all time. So in 1967, Donald Campbell tried to break the record again, but as he was going across the lake, his boat lost stability and flipped over in the water. It took off, somersaulted, and then plunged nose first into the lake, and Campbell unfortunately died. After that, a man named Ken Warby, in 1977, he was an Australian, he pirated a boat he built in his backyard 
called the Spirit of Australia on Blowering Dam, Australia. He broke the record and traveled at 288.6 miles per hour, and a year later, he broke the record at 317 miles per hour, 317.59 to be exact. His highest speed was 345 miles per hour. So that still stands now. There have only been two official attempts to break it, but both resulted in the death of the driver. So now that we've gone over the water and land speed records, we'll go over the flight speed record. So each record is defined for speed over a straight course, and it's once again uh, regulated by a French, inter French organization called the Fédération Aéronautique Internationale, or FAI not the FIA, which regulates land speed records. Of course, the first world record was on December 17, 1903, where the Wright brothers piloted the first aircraft at 6.82 miles per hour. <laughs> uh, pretty slow. The first officially recognized airspeed record was set by Alberto Santos Dumont on November 12, 1906, at a speed of 25.65 miles per hour in France. French airmen dominated this world record for a very, very long time until the start of World War II. People like Hubert Latham, Alfred Leblanc, Edouard Newport, and Jules Vedrines, and Maurice Prevost broke the record multiple times, eventually reaching a speed of 126.61 miles per hour a record set by Maurice Prevost in Reims, France. This happened on September 29, 1913. So in World War II, the aircraft speed records were not officially recognized because they were under wraps. Uh, they were broken uh, by Americans and English people and also a Frenchman, but they were not officially recognized. Only after World War II, on fe February 7, 1920, did Joseph Sadi Laquante break the world record at 171.0 miles per hour, which was the first official record post-World War I. It had gone to break the record multiple times more in France, and the U.S. and France kind of traded blows to see who could pilot the fastest airplane. Uh, the Italians came in in the late 1920s. Italian pilot named Mario De Bernardi broke the record a few times. The first person to reach past 300 miles per hour. The Europeans traded the record back and forth multiple times until the start of World War II. The world records during World War II were not officially recognized because the Germans were keeping their aircraft a secret. They were actually reaching speeds of 700 miles per hour using rocket-powered airplanes, but they were kept it under wraps. It was a World War II secret, so it was not official. So on November 7, 1945, an Englishman named H.J. Wilson broke the world record, reaching speeds of 606 miles per hour in Hearn Bay, UK. There are no noticeable special records until October 14, 1947, where 
an American named Chuck Yeager flew the Bell X-1 and broke the sound barrier for the first time, flying at 670.0 miles per hour on average. This happened in Muroc, California, in the U.S. However, it was rocket-powered, so it was a Cold War secret. So, the FAI did not see it as official. Chuck Yeager would break the world record again, flying at 891.0 miles per hour. But, once again, since it was a Cold War secret, it was not recognized. So, the U.S. Air Force began setting many world records from 1948 to 1958. So, in 1959, on Halloween, October 31st, Colonel Georgi Mosilov of the USSR broke the world record flying at 1,484 miles per hour. After that, the U.S. and the USSR went into a little bit of a competition to see who could fly the fastest. So on December 15, 1959, Charles Myers flew on an airplane called the Delta Dart at an average speed of 1,544 miles per hour. But Cold War pressures dictated that the award go to a military pilot. So Major Joseph Rogers of the U.S. Air Force got the award instead. The U.S. Uh, Air Force broke the record again in 1961, and in 1962, the same Georgi Mozlov broke the record again for the USSR, flying at 1,665.9 miles per hour. After that, the U.S. took back the record, and then on July 28, 1976, Captain Alden W. Jors and Major George T. Morgan flew the Lockheed SR-71 Blackbird at Beale Air Force Base in the U.S. at a speed of 2,193.2 miles per hour, and that record still stands as the fastest speed reached by an aircraft. So, the history behind these is very fascinating. It's interesting to see how these records became a point of national pride and a competition between nations. And I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast, The Best of the Best.